Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi, everybody. Cheryl Atkinson here. Welcome to another edition of Full Measure After Hours. Today, Zuck Bucks, the role they played in the last presidential election, and what could be next. If you're like me, you heard a lot about Zuck Bucks in 2020, both before and after the election. That was a ton of private money dumped into our election systems, state and local across the country, our public systems, from Facebook's Mark Zuckerberg and his wife, kind of at the last minute. Many people say it was an unfair attempt to influence the election against Donald Trump. We all know where Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook stand on such things as their fake fact checks and the other measures they implement, such as censorship. It's always against one side. And we know that the Zuckbucks funded questionable drop boxes and other measures that critics say made it easy for fraud to take place. But before we hear from somebody who studied all of this at length and is a critic, Here's what the Zuckerbergs had to say about all of it. By the way, I asked for an interview about this with Mark Zuckerberg, but didn't get it. Here's a comment I got from a spokesman for the Zuckerberg family. Quote, when our nation's election infrastructure faced unprecedented challenges due to the pandemic, Mark and Priscilla stepped up to close a funding gap and granted $350 million to the Center for Tech and Civic Life and $69.5 million to the Center for Election Innovation and Research, nonpartisan 501c3 organizations. CTCL, that's Center for Tech and Civic Life, issued an open call to local jurisdictions across the country, the statement continues, and provided funding for all jurisdictions that applied. Nearly 2,500 election jurisdictions from 49 states applied for and received funds, including urban, suburban, rural, and ex-urban counties. In addition, I'm going to read a post from Mark Zuckerberg himself on Facebook. This was posted September 1st, 2020 in announcing the money. He said, quote, I'm concerned that our country's election infrastructure faces many new challenges this year because of the COVID pandemic. There will be historic levels of voting by mail and increased need for poll workers and equipment to support contact-free voting. Election officials across the country are working hard to ensure that everyone can vote and every vote can be counted, and we want to help make sure they have the resources they need to do this. Zuckerberg went on to say, Priscilla and I, Priscilla, his wife, are personally supporting two nonpartisan organizations that are working to make sure every voter's voice can be heard this November. We are committing $250 million to the Center for Tech and Civic Life to provide funding for local counties to have the staffing, training, and equipment they need. This will go towards recruiting poll workers, including hazard pay and training, renting polling places, 
buying PPE for poll workers, providing temporary staffing, supporting drive-through voting, and more. We are committing another $50 million, says Zuckerberg, to the Center for Election Innovation and Research that will go to Secretary of State offices across the country in both red and blue states that are working to ensure states' electoral systems are secure and voters are informed. This is in addition to the work that Facebook is doing to run the largest voting registration campaign in American history with the goal of helping more than 4 million people register to vote and providing authoritative information about topics like how to vote by mail in each state. And then the last paragraph, Zuckerberg says, voting is the ultimate way we hold our leaders accountable and make sure our country is heading in the direction we want. It is critical for our democracy that we all have confidence in the integrity and legitimacy of our elections And that means having confidence that our country has the infrastructure to make sure every voter can make their voice heard. I'm grateful to everyone doing your part to respond to this year's unprecedented challenges, and I'm proud to support you in your work. Mark Zuckerberg. Kind of interesting, though. I mean, really, did you ever think a social media company back some years ago, maybe before they were so big as they are now, that a social media company would be stepping in and providing hundreds of millions of dollars, a social media company that has made it very clear where they stand politically on one side of things, whose actions have come under a lot of criticism and investigation for being so one-sided, for social media companies that have banned one candidate as sitting president of the United States or censored him extensively or, in some cases, fake fact-checked him and his supporters and marginalized them, And yet this is who is funneling money to selected organizations who then funnel money to places that apply for it, to use it for all kinds of things in a way that's never happened before. Very unusual. And that's where Scott Walter comes in. He's among those who are criticizing the use of this money and the way it flowed into the system. I'll let him explain. Here's Scott Walter of Capital Research Center. And what is the Capital Research Center and who funds it? The Capital Research Center uh, is a think tank in Washington, D.C. We like to call ourselves America's investigative think tank because we do deep dive investigations into the special interests that swarm around Washington and the rest of the country. And our own donors, it's about half foundations and about half individuals, um, uh, virtually no corporate money uh, of any kind, but as say, Americans and private foundations. I heard in vague terms during the last election that Mark Zuckerberg and these drop boxes and Facebook somehow influenced the election. Can you explain to me in fairly simple terms what we're talking about? Because I think a lot of people don't have time to dig in and read and see mm-hmm. what's really true. Uh, Jay Christian Adams, who's a great expert in election law and election fraud, calls the Zuckbucks, as we like to call them, the real Kraken, the truly scary thing that happened in the election. Uh, And he thinks it was the single biggest factor in the election. And I guess the simplest way to put it is Mark Zuckerberg, the head of Facebook, uh, he and his billionaire wife gave around $400 million to two nonprofits. Legally, they're public charities, so they're not supposed to be involved in elections in a partisan way in any way. And those two charities gave money to almost every state in the union directly into government election offices. Sometimes it was a statewide office, 
usually it was the local county or city uh, election offices. And they did it with strings attached, including things like you must have extra, many extra drop boxes and this and that. And at capitalresearch.org, you can see our very thorough documenting state by state of this. But for the battleground states, there's three basic things that happened. The money went very disproportionately to the Democrat vote-rich jurisdictions, mainly the big cities. Uh, the second thing is, within the funded part of those states, uh, the Democrats did far better than they did in the rest of the states. So the money seems to be making a difference, right? And then if you look at the funded part of these states, because no state was entirely funded, it was only bits and pieces. You look at the funded part of the state, the Democrat margin there is always larger in the battleground states and usually vastly larger than the total statewide Democrat victory margin. Other than the point that you made where you're saying the money was funneled through organizations that are not supposed to be involved in politics. Is there anything inherently illegal about a group giving money to elections causes in states and cities? Uh, it is, at the time, it was perfectly legal for a charity to give money to a government office. And they tried to pretend like it was, oh, we're just masks and plexiglass and whatnot. That was the tiny fraction of the money. Um, but it, but there were no laws against that because nobody dreamt of doing this uh, so that part, the, the, the giving the money there was legal. Um, many states now, we're now up to, by the end of the next week or so, it'll probably be 16 states will have put restrictions on this because it's so blatantly outrageous to have one billionaire taking over election offices. But uh, the other half, though, is what the charities themselves were doing. The IRS forbids charities from ha doing anything involved in voter education, voter registration, unless they do it in a perfectly nonpartisan way. And not just they have to have a nonpartisan intent. They also have to have a nonpartisan effect. They can't even have accidentally an effect. Well, as I said, our numbers document very clearly the massive effect that they had. So uh, arguably, they violated tax law and should lose their tax exemptions. What are the two nonprofit, the two chair? <clears throat> sorry. What are the two charities? Uh, the two charities that got the, the Zuck Bucks were the Center for Education, Innovation, and Research, which got about $70 million and gave it to the state-level officials mostly. And the other was the Center for Tech and Civic Life, which got almost $350 million and gave it mostly to the local election offices. And this was done largely under the auspices of COVID help? Yes. The, you know, the, 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 when the left's charities, quote unquote, do this kind of electioneering, they need fig leaves to pretend they're not violating the law. So the two big fig leaves, one was, yes, we're going to make elections safe for people, though, as I said, the PPE and whatnot was a trifling small part. And the other fig leaf they use is, we're going to help historically disenfranchised communities with this. So they sort of vaguely like, you know, if you're against what we're doing, you must be a racist. Now, in Philadelphia got some of the biggest grants. Philadelphia hasn't been run by a Republican since January of 1952. Who has been historically disenfranchising Philadelphians? Back after a short break. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax. 
the way car buying should be. Beyond the money that was given or the zuck bucks, mm -hmm. there was a huge social media effect on the election. I think pretty much everybody agrees with the censorship of Donald Trump or shaping of information, including Facebook doing this. What is your assessment of this uh, impact on the 2020 election? Uh, the social media titans felt deeply responsible for the 2016 victory of Donald Trump, though they didn't intend it. And they vowed it would never happen again. And left-wing pressure groups also put heavy pressure on them. Vanita Gupta, for instance, who was at the time head of a civil rights group, now is in the Department of Justice, one of the top Department of Justice folks for Biden. Um, she bragged to Time magazine about how she and other left-wing advocacy groups harassed Zuckerberg and Dorsey at Twitter and, and even more of that world long before the election, demanding that they censor, that they block, that they change algorithms, all this stuff, so that the election would turn out the way they wanted. Is this something, you know, some people say the Constitution didn't foretell or predict all of, obviously, the innovations and developments that have happened. But is there some way that this sort of thing is handled in the Constitution, whether, in your opinion, mm -hmm. this sort of thing is legal or not? Or is it so far outside the vision it doesn't fall under any category that's been handled in the Constitution? Uh, I am no expert in the tricky question of trying to regulate social media. Um, and I, I appreciate the argument that, well, they're private entities, so you know, the First Amendment doesn't apply to them. Uh, on the other hand, they have governmental privileges. Uh, and beyond that, you know, the essence of fascism was when government and big companies that were very powerful worked together for the same purposes. That is absolutely what's happening with big tech and the left and the Democratic Party. What do you see in 2024 along those lines? Maybe some places have passed some laws that handle some of it, but certainly not not everything. I don't think anybody thinks that there is a simple solution to this problem of tech censorship in elections. Um, and I, I hope we will keep, continue to grapple with it. Uh, after the 22 elections, uh, some of the houses of Congress may change and there may get to be more public debate and Americans can try to figure out how to deal with this very genuine problem. Capital Research Center has done a great deal of research on the way foundations and a handful of foundations uh, have enormous power in our political system and also in other countries. Um, the uh, Again, it's a shadowy thing. Most people never know about this. Most reporters never bother to do any reporting on this unless sometimes it's somebody they could consider a Republican uh, big donor. Um, we have absolutely documented the vastly greater amount of money on the left uh, in this world that is seeking to influence public policy and elections. The most extreme example would, would be Zuck Bucks from Mark Zuckerberg in the 2020 election. One example that <clears throat> One example I've come across in reporting on other things, but I run across um, an agenda to change elections to, well, there's a couple things, to get rid of the Electoral College. That's just sort of popped up. It seemed out of the blue kind of in a way to me, and then I started hearing it over and over, you know, almost as if a coordinated campaign. Um, also, priority... What do you call it? The oh, when you vote uh, rank choice uh, voting, rank choice voting, mm -hmm. which I suspect is something because I ask and I don't know what the 
good argument against it is. I've heard some arguments for it, but I sense there's some someone who thinks they're going to benefit from that. What do you say about those ideas that you hear repeated, mm-hmm. you know, and they mm-hmm. crop up from around the country? Yeah. Uh, the founders of America designed a governing system to make it hard for uh, tyrannical government to appear, uh, and they made it difficult, therefore, for people to gain p- uh, power in all the different branches of government and all levels of government and the rest. And that was a wonderful thing that's explained our freedom, because governments are very good at taking away freedom. Uh, and the founders tried to design things so that would be difficult, but all kinds of structures that they wisely put in place and have kept protected our liberty, like the Senate, like the Electoral College, like the federal system where the states and the, and the national government share various authorities, um, those are being rapidly broken down by uh, the left. And there's multiple ways they're trying to get rid of the Electoral College, and uh, they're, they're even, they're so egregious, they're talking about the Senate, and if you go check your Constitution, you'll see you can't, it's the one thing you can't amend the Constitution about uh, without an extraordinary d- particular difficulty, because, of course, having the Senate and the House be different in the way they're organized was the central compromise that let the Constitution come into being. And sadly, we, the, a judge who has been openly scornful of the Senate and the Electoral College, just got nominated and approved and sits on a federal bench. And when one of the senators at a confirmation hearing pressed him like, what do you mean there's something wrong with the Senate? And, you know, you would think the guy would backpedal and lie through his teeth going, like, oh, you're misunderstanding. No, 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 it's all fine. He, he wouldn't admit exactly what he wanted done, but he wouldn't take back anything that he had said. That's how brazen he was. And he passed confirmation and is now a federal judge over you and me. Who is that judge and what exactly do they want to do to the Senate? Uh, his name was Ho, uh, was the last name. And the, uh, the real problem, this is the thing for the left, right? The left has enormously broad power. That is to say, it has the tech companies, it has universities, it has big business now, uh, it, it has uh, the advocacy groups, the major foundations, but but it's the power is is not deep at all because the vast majority of Americans, eighty percent of Americans agree with about eighty percent of a non left agenda. An easy thing in the in the uh, the very controversial election stuff, voter ID. There is no ethnic group in America where there's not a large majority in favor of that. There's no section of the country that's not in favor of it. A majority of Democrat Party members are in favor of it. And yet, the number one priority, HR1, in Congress has been to trash that, to make it illegal to have voter ID laws for a state. So uh, they need to find ways to break and overcome the machinery the founders put in place to protect our liberty without having a majority of Americans behind them. Because the goal is what? Well, it's always more power, right? It's always more power. Um, the To get more people elected to office where they might not otherwise be? Yeah, well, to, to be able to be sure you can win elections, to be able to, sure, to ensure you don't lose elections. Another scam on this is campaign finance reform. Well, if you go back and look at that McCain-Feingold bill, which was the last big one involved in this, Almost all the money that pushed to pass it came from eight billionaire foundations. 
Uh, and the American people never had any interest in it. The single biggest foundation behind that was the Pew Charitable Trusts and their own pollsters just weeks before the bill passed asked Americans, here are 22 issues. Please rank them in order of, of importance. 22nd out of 22 was campaign finance reform. And yet Pew, using its advocacy groups that pretend to be grassroots groups, was able to persuade Congress that <gasps> Americans are demanding campaign finance reform. And the problem with campaign finance reform was it crippled the parties and the candidates. It deprived them of money. It did nothing to deprive billionaire foundations of the money that they use in things like suck bucks and, and similar electioneering. More than a dozen states have now taken steps so far to limit private money like Zuckbucks from flowing into government election systems in the future. More with Scott Walter this Sunday on my TV program, Full Measure, that's April 10th. I'll also be interviewing on this week's program, Stanford Medical School's Dr. Jay Bhattacharya, one of the esteemed scientists who found himself mercilessly smeared and censored by public health officials and those acting on behalf of pharmaceutical interests as they sought to punish those who were off the narrative on COVID. An outrageous casualty of COVID was scientific debate. And speaking of COVID, companies are now monitoring, well, some would say legally spying on their employees like never before to make sure they're really working at home now. Scott Thuman's going to have a story on my program this week asking how far your boss should be able to go. And I'm pretty sure there are some tidbits in this story about tactics being used that you probably didn't even know about, such as using the computer camera to monitor the movement of your eyeballs while you supposedly work. My promise to you is always to try to bring you something different. Full Measure will never look like the other Sunday TV programs rehashing the same news you've already heard all week, often with the same people. To find out where the program airs in your area, go to CherylAckison.com and click the Full Measure tab. You'll be able to see the listings of stations. Maybe it's an ABC station where you live. Maybe it's NBC. Maybe it's Fox. Maybe it's CBS. You'll be able to see the list of stations and times. If you don't have one in your area, never fear. You can watch online. Maybe that's the easiest way for you to watch anyway. At fullmeasure.news, Sundays we stream live at 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time. You just go to fullmeasure.news. You should see a prompt that lets you click on it around 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time, and there you have it. And if you miss it live, that's not a problem either because we post the program and all the segments in it at fullmeasure.news online around noon Eastern Time on Sunday so that you can watch it anytime. You also might want to check out our free app called STIRR, S-T-I-R-R. You can watch Full Measure live or on demand on STIRR, but it also has a lot of other cool programming, local news, maybe in a place where you used to live, you want to see what's up with the local news there, or maybe you're out of town and want to see what's going on at home. You might be able to find that station on our app STIRR. You can't find that anywhere else. Try going online and watching local news. It's not very easy, but... You can get that at STIR. There's also a lot of other free entertainment programming, a lot of interesting and fun stuff on STIR, but the main attraction, don't forget, is Full Measure. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast and that you will consider leaving us a great review, subscribing to Full Measure After Hours, and sharing it with your friends. You can also check out my other podcast where I continue my original and investigative reporting. It's called the Cheryl Atkinson Podcast. 
And now you can support independent journalism causes just by going to CherylAxon.com and clicking the store tab. We have some thought-provoking and fun products that are designed exclusively for independent and free thinkers. The proceeds benefit independent reporting causes. And I know because I've talked to a lot of you over the years, you're concerned about what's happening in the business of news journalism and how opinions, views, thoughts, and facts are being shaped and censored. Well, this is one way that you can support some of those independent reporting causes to make sure that the information landscape does not get entirely managed, or I might say mismanaged. Do your own research, make up your own mind, think for yourself.